Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. In this week's discussion, we are going to show how ideas or certain concepts are often taken in isolation. But for Rav Hirsch, these aren't isolated statements. They are a representation of a greater whole, a way of unifying seemingly desperate concepts into a beautiful, unified story almost, a narrative almost in law. Now, that sounds wonderful, but to break it down, what I'm talking about is the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue, the ten statements that the Jewish people heard at Chorev, at Mount Sinai. Now, there's always been an interesting relationship, the Jewish people, with the Ten Commandments, because however central they are, however morally revolutionary they were, however central they were to the actual Torah in terms of giving the validity to Moshe Rabbeinu, that validity to Moses, our teacher, for everything else that followed, there's always a danger that one will have too much focus on them and thereby negate other commandments in the Torah and take other concepts or ideas in the Torah and lessen their value. But with Rav Hirsch giving us this caveat of the importance of the Torah in general, but the Aseris Adibros being an introduction to the rest of the laws in the Torah, and an introduction it may be, but what comes with an introduction is almost a beam of light which shines on the rest of the Torah, that gives a perspective to the rest of the Torah, in a way when you have an introduction that sort of lays out the parts of a talk, or lays out the parts of a lecture, that when you hear the lecture, you see them fit in nicely to this pre-made plan. That is what the Aseris Adibris Arthur of Hirsch. They give us a conceptual roadmap for the journey of the Jew, the journey of the Jewish people from the point of view of law, from the point of view of how they are supposed to perceive themselves and perceive their job in this world. So let's start at the very beginning. There are ten commandments in two tablets. Now, this is also an interesting danger that people sometimes slap on the Ten Commandments, that you have the religious commandments, the first five, and the social commandments, the second five, which sometimes throughout history people felt, well, I have a need for the social ones because that's being a good person, but the religious ones aren't necessary anymore. But for Rav Hirsch, once again, there is no separation of the two. Yes, a superficial separation is given by the fact they are on two tablets, but on a deeper level, once again, there is a unifying story to it all. So let us begin. The first of the Ten Commandments is Anoichi Hashem The second one is that you shall have no other gods. The third one, don't take God's name in vain. The fourth one, keep the Shabbos. The fifth one, honor your father and mother. And then the other five are the social, and we'll get into those in a second. But for Rav Hirsch, what is this first five commandments telling us? It tells us that when you talk about God, when you say that there is a God, that I am Hashem your God, that is appealing to the mind. That is the conceptual world. That is the world of thought. And its negation. Do not have any other gods, the positive and the negative. But Rav Hirsch tells us, the story of the Ten Commandments are telling us that God is not satisfied with you just having lovely ideas in your mind. What validates those ideas in your mind? Well, you take the next step. The next step is word. Do not take God's name in vain. Now, once again, the specific explanation about the meaning of each one of these commandments isn't my point right now. We're taking a step back. So we have do not take God's name in vain, moving it from the conceptual to mouth, to your voice. But that's not enough. Your belief in God only matters only makes sense, only has any form of validity if it plays out in your work. 
Zachar es Shabbos. Remember the Shabbos. How does this belief in God manifest in your daily life? How does this belief in God affect your words? How does this belief in God affect your actions at work? But that is not enough. This religious obligation of this idea of God, not only in the mind, not only in the mouth, not only at work, but also in your family life, to honor your father or mother, representing your family circle. Once again, your claim to believe in God is proven by your actions. How I see you act in the world tells me what's in your mind. So we have the first five. This story from mind to mouth to action to the family life. And then the second lot is not a separate social law. No, it is a continuation of the first. Yes, it's entered your family life. You've allowed the belief in a transcendent good of the universe that has a demand on you, that expects you to act in a certain way. You've allowed that to affect your family circle. But now it broadens out into how you affect the rest of the world. The first one is action is do not kill. Then the laws of morality, not to commit adultery, not to steal. So the continuation of this story, first starting with the mind, working its way all the way to the actions. But now we see the mirror shift. The shift happens that the goal now is expressed. Now we work back towards the mind, back to the mouth. Do not bear false witness. And then lastly, the one referring to the very being of the human. Do not covet. Do not be jealous. Do not want that which is not yours. A command based off the inner life of the individual, that that no one else has privy to. The changing of the very core of what it means to be you. So for Rav Hirsch, what is the story being told here? That this concept of God, this idea of a transcendent being that is commanding you today, only plays out a validity, only is proven through how you act in the world. Starting with your mind, working to your mouth, and then throughout action of your personal work, to your family life, to the way you act in the society which you are in. But then, the goal. The goal is a journey back towards the you. A journey back towards the person who started this journey to begin with. The goal is the change of the you from inside. It is not enough to act in a world and be good so that people can see you be good. The goal is to change the you that started this journey to begin with. Jealousy and wanting that which is not yours at the expense of your fellow is something that no one else knows. You know. God knows. No one else knows. But the goal should be to change that. So to recap this story, we started off what it means to change your mind, meaning there is a God. But that concept isn't a mere belief in a God in isolation. It's not a commandment to believe in God. It's a commandment to go on this journey with God as its beginning. Once again, this term God, this idea of God is not God in a vacuum. It's the God of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. It's the God that just took this Jewish people out from the tyranny of Pharaoh, out from the, the, the whips of slavery. God, who looked at a group of slaves and said, this is not right. God took these people out of slavery. That is the God these Jewish people are pledging their allegiance to. The same God that called to Avram and said, your mission to the world is to practice justice and righteousness and to be a blessing to the world. That was the mission they were answering. But your claim to believe in that God isn't interesting. There is nothing less interesting unless you can demonstrate it out. If you live it out in your life, Rav Hirsch says, you prove what you believe. 
You prove what you are claiming to believe. That is built up in action, first starting with your mouth, then living its way through your personal life, out into the life of society in which you live. And then lastly, it ends with the goal. The goal is the inner change of the individual, because if that is not what you're striving for, it can be superficial. But if the striving for is the changing of the you, the changing of the part of you that no one else can see, that is the true mission of the Jew. Each part being absolutely necessary to the integrity of this view of the Aceres Adibras. Now we can sort of see why it's held up as being such an important idea, but at the same time a risk of looking at these Ten Commandments and thinking, well, this is what I have to do, is also slightly deluded. That's not the point. Not that each one of these isn't an idea that's true, but taking it as individual ideas doesn't make sense. Once again, it has to be taken in the context of the introduction, that the Aceres Adibres symbolize for us something very fundamental and very important, but by way of introduction, but by way of an overview, not as isolated concepts, but by way of what has to be striven for by the people, what comes in mind first by way of a roadmap of what you are going to be achieving as a member of this nation, as an individual who's taking the idea of the Ten Commandments to heart, what sort of person are you trying to create? It is a journey that the Ten Commandments are taking us on by way of a prelude to the rest of the Torah. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful Shabbos.